the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of UCW Radio, and this is your host, Lou, a.k.a. Falcon Coparis. And I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for the continued support just by listening to the show. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, look, I don't get impressed easily, but on today's show, we will have a man that has done just that. Not with what he's accomplished. Uh, trust me, he has accomplished a lot in his life, but it's how he lives his life and his um, views on life that I find impressive. Uh, he was a top super heavyweight powerlifter, top powerlifter in the world, a top competitive bodybuilder, professional bodybuilder. From the mountaintops to the journey of his life, his hunger for reaching new heights in his life is just inspirational, and this is an interview that uh, a lot of people will want to listen to. Now, before we bring our guests on the line, I have to give some information uh, to our listeners. Uh, you can actually call in when the show is live. So get a pen and write this number down. I give it uh, at the beginning of every show. Uh, it's 323-215-1446. That's 323-215-1446. And even when the show is over, if you want to leave a question for one of our guests, uh, feel free to do so, and we'll try to work it into the interview. Also, if you're on Twitter, you can do the same thing. You can shoot me out some questions or comments. Uh, you can actually go on Facebook and do the same and connect with me in order to um, in order to reach or get your 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 stuff out there as far as uh, your comments, questions, or whatever for our guest. And my Twitter name is Luis Velasquez. That's L O U I S V E L A Z Q U E Z. And also on Facebook, just uh, it's Lewis Dot Velasquez uh, on Facebook, and you can um, you can uh, become my friend on Facebook. Uh, so uh, on Twitter, follow me and just ask your questions. On Facebook, do the same. Now, without further ado, let's patch in the man that I really have to call Mr. Inspiration, Jack London, and here's Jack. <laughs> Alright, Jack, welcome to UCW Radio. I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with us today. Thanks, Lou. It's great to be here. I, I appreciate you asking me to be on the program. Oh, well, thank you, Jack. You know, we, yeah. we, we always appreciate the time our guests set aside for UCW. That's why, uh, you know, we try to uh, show our appreciation as much as possible. I'm a big fan of wrestling, so it's 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 good. It's a good combination. All right, cool, uh, Jack. You're you're a top bodybuilder. You're a top competitive bodybuilder. You and just knowing a little bit about you, you have a very rich history uh, from the time you lifted your first dumbbell to where you're headed now. Uh, what I like to do is start at the very beginning, so our listeners can get a good understanding of your journey, because I think your journey is amazing. Uh, you. You didn't just wake up one day and say, okay, I want to be a bodybuilder, and then all of a sudden you wound up on top. That's not the case. It's, it's hard work, and a lot of stuff happened in the middle, and a lot of interesting stuff happened uh, during this path, uh, during the path you took. So let, let's start with your motivation. What, what got you into, into lifting weights? Well, I mean, what else gets you into lifting weights? But I know, a stupid girl, question, but i got to ask it. <laughs> it's about being, you know, about wanting a girl to notice you. 
you know, I always tell people that uh, I didn't find bodybuilding. Bodybuilding found me. It, it was it was really a, an unbelievable journey. And I'm going to try to summarize it because it would probably take me three hours to tell you everything I would love to tell you. But let me just go back to when I was about 12 years old. Um, yeah, 12 years old. Uh, I was in, going into the seventh grade and I was a fat kid. Okay. And I said to my dad, and my dad had never lifted a weight in his life. He's a Russian immigrant. I said, Dad, I want to get in shape. You know, so I'm going to seventh grade. It's a new, it's a new time in my life. And so I joined this gym. Happened to be Attila's gym in Wildwood, New Jersey. You may have heard of it. Yeah, I heard of it. And I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was training with the likes of uh, Joe Miko and Richie Beretta and Jeff King. And, and and every once in a while, believe it or not, Arnold Schwarzenegger would walk in. I didn't even know who he was at the time. I was 13 years old. Uh, if you go to the old Arnold books, you'll see him wearing Attila's gym, Warrington, uh, Pennsylvania on his shirt and so forth. So I started working out, and I didn't seem to lose weight, but I seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger and kept growing and growing and growing. By the time I was 14, um, the owner, his name was Brian McVan, said, you know, Jack, we're going we're gonna to enter you in this bench press meet. As I had been, ben I was benching 400 pounds at 14 years old. Wow. So at that, so that's kind of how it started. It started competitively at 14, saying, let, let me start doing a couple bench meets. Uh, went through high school, started playing football. Kept lifting, kept training, kept eating, kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Fast forward to about 11th grade, uh, was playing football, was about 285. The 11th grade in high school, I was benching about 500 pounds, squatting about seven, 800 pounds, running a 40 and a 485. I was an animal. I was I was a machine. But what what drew you to football during your high school days? You know, I, I know the answer. Just, I mean, it's I mean, physical, it, you know, just, it's just like me, it's physical. <laughs> Part of being, you know, part of being an American male in this in this country, I think, you know, you, if you're big and strong and fast, Dad says play football. That's what you do, and I was really good at it. Okay. I was really good at it. Um, I was on the varsity, and then what happened was I had gotten uh, my parents sent me to a private school in, in Philadelphia called the William Penn Charter School, and I played there um, for several years. Um, blew both my shoulders out, so it sort of ended my career. In football. Both of your but shoulders. I, I dislocated my right shoulder six times and my wow. left one four times over a period of two years. Wow. Uh, the doctors at Temple University Hospital told me that the reason why I was blowing my shoulders out was because I was actually hitting people so hard because I was so strong that my ligaments couldn't handle the inertia or the impact of the shots I was giving people. Oh, wow. So it kind of came to an abrupt end, which was, was a little difficult for me because at that point I had aspirations of being a professional football player. Right. So now I'm a senior in high school. What do I do? I'm, I've, I started competing in, in powerlifting meets. I found powerlifting, and uh, very quickly rose up the the, um, the 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 ladder in that and became a teenage national and world champion. I was, but, but when you got to powerlifting, I held many records as a, as a teenager, and at that point was being looked at from colleges for powerlifting. And I mean serious college, like the Naval Academy, who had a big powerlifting team. But the biggest powerlifting team at the time was Temple University. They had the national champions. Okay. Uh, they had the women's team and a men's team, and so they recruited me, and I went to Temple University as as a as a powerlifter and joined the team immediately. Became a four-time, I'm sorry, three-time All-American, okay. first-team All-American, was an NCAA national champion. Um, I won pretty much every meet I had ever gone into. Um, did uh, won the Open National Championships. Uh, and at one point, did squat 1,010, unfortunately, was not in a sanctioned meet and was never recorded, but had best lifts of 661 bench, 
10-10 squad. Wow. And I'm 867 dead. Um, actually, in the 87 uh, Collegiate Nationals, not only did I win, in, didn't win my weight class, but I got um, best lifter, you know, the Schwartz formula. Right. So pound for pound, I was actually the strongest guy in the meet, okay. which for a super heavyweight was unheard of. So at that point, I had kind of, get, kind of gotten bored. Um and said, okay, you know, what, what's next? I, I've pretty much won everything in powerlifting. And what happens with me is if there's nothing to prove to myself, uh, I just sort of, all right, I'm it's time to move on to something else. Yeah. And so I was about 340 pounds at this point. Remember, if we go back, we, and, we said, why and that did was I at start? The height, start? That was at the height of your powerlifting career. You were yes, and I had about a 44-inch waist Whoa. at the height of my powerlifting Um and there's some people who listen to this program who are friends of mine on Facebook and so forth who were friends of mine at the time who who, who listen to this and laugh because they remember me from there. Right. Um, so I decided I'm going to lose weight. It's time for me to really get in shape now and get that six-pack I wanted. I didn't really know what I was doing, so I just stopped eating. So like for a year, I'd eat once a day, once every two days. Just sheer pain and discipline, sweat and guts. I went from 340 pounds to 190 pounds. Wow, that that's that has that's wild. Uh, yeah, that's a yeah. big it was, drop. It was completely wild because people who had had not seen me didn't even recognize me. I looked like a completely different person. Wow, I went from a forty-four inch waist to a thirty-two inch waist. So, and this is how it happened. One day I'm in the gym, and this girl comes up to me, really gorgeous woman, and she says to me, "You know." She says, you look like a bodybuilder. Are you a bodybuilder? And I said, no. She said, well, you should be because, you know, you look like you look like those guys in the magazine. And there it was. Bang. That's all I needed was <laughs> a really hot girl. Motivation. I ended, up, <laughs> I ended up dating that girl, too. Um, and so here we come full circle to the whole point of the beginning, right? So I started competing. I started, I remember it like it was yesterday. My first show was the Mr. Northeast Philadelphia, and I took second. And I thought, wow, this is fun, you know, this is great. I went on to the next show two weeks later and won. It was called the Mr. Delaware County, okay. which is a county down in Pennsylvania. And so there it started. And by the end of that first year of bodybuilding, I had placed six in the Mr. America in wow. Worcester, Massachusetts. And I started competing in all different, you know, I didn't really know the difference between the MPC and, and, and the NAVA and the AEU. So I was competing in all different kinds of leagues, doing all kinds of stuff. And I had won a lot of shows, the Pennsylvania, the Delaware, the New Jersey, Mr. East Coast. And then finally, I get to the Mr. International, I win that. At this point, I had gone through college. I'm now a police officer. I became a police officer. and, and You went was, from, 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 power, wait, from football, powerlifting, bodybuilding, and then you became a cop. I was a cop in the middle of this. That's correct. I was in college. I left college, that, became a cop. All right, that, that's it, some scary stuff, by the way. <laughs> I know, right? It was, it was crazy. It yeah, was, being pulled over uh, by you. Oh, yeah, okay. Right, here you go, right, officer. Right, you right. want my wallet, too? What? <laughs> we had a lot of fun. That's all I'm going to tell you. It was a lot of fun. I can imagine. So my chief says to me, and, and, and at the time, I, I was married. I got married very young, and I said, you know, I'm gonna, I, I was done with it. Like, I, I kind of took a break from bodybuilding, and the chief at police said, you know, there's this, he sends me this, gives me this flyer. He says, we're going to pay to send you this thing. And it was the World Police and Fire Games. Okay. And that was basically an Olympics for all the cops and firemen in the world. And, of course, I go to this thing. It was in Memphis. Wait, 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 that was your firemen and policemen from all over the planet? All over the planet. Oh, wow. Okay. And I won that show, 
and and met Jim Mannion there, who's now the president of the IFBB. Right. And him and Gary, you you know, sort of said to me, you know, you need to get in the MPC, you need to start trying this and that. And then I really got involved on a heavy heavy level, competing in all these shows and so forth. At some point, I decide I'm going to live the dream. I just this is how I am. I'm, I'm not afraid to put it out there. I'm not afraid to reach as far as I can. And I said, you know what? I'm buying a plane ticket. I'm flying to Venice Beach, and I'm going to get a sponsor. And it became like a joke between me and my friend Joe. Mm-hmm. And Joe was going with me to to Venice Beach, so we go to Venice Beach. I get all canned up, mm-hmm. you know. I get all bu- I'm I'm about two I'm about I'm about two fifteen shredded, right? right? So we go to Gold's Gym, and this is this is what I was telling you. We we walk into Gold's Gym, Venice, and there's this guy standing there, and he says, "Oh my God, look at this guy! Who is this guy? He's huge!" I walk over. Who's who's saying this? Here it is, Samir Banu, coming over to me. And I almost fell on the floor. This guy was like a hero of mine. Right. I mean, he was uh, an idol of mine. So he and I and Joe are training, and this is this is a true story. This is none of this is fabricated. A gentleman comes up to me within 15 minutes of me being in Gold's Gym in Venice Beach, and you know how big that gym is. I know how big right? that is. Those ceilings are. You saw like a copper hair guy horrendous. comes up to me. And he says, "You know, just where are you from?" I said, "What do you mean, where am I from?" He says, well, you're not from here. I, I, you know, I know everybody around here, and you're all tanned up, and where are you from? What's your story? And I'm thinking at this point, like, why is this guy asking? You know, I'm from Philly. Right. I'm an East Coast guy. I'm like, what do you want? You know, I'm thinking he's, you know, a little... He's, he's hitting on you. <laughs> Which is fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I know. he's asking me all these questions, and I said, okay, well, you got me. I'm from Philly. I'm a cop, and I'm an aspiring bodybuilder, and I want to turn professional. I want to be Mr. Universe and whatever. He says, well, you know, I think you got what it takes. And I said, well, who are you? Like, why do I care what you think? So well, I'm kind of like a bodybuilding scout, talent scout. I said, really? He says, yeah, if you want to talk about it, because I think I can help you out. If you want to talk about it, come to my office when you're done working out, and we'll see what, what we can do to help you out. I'm, and, I'm, and at this point, I'm curious. I'm like, well, trying to make some kind of, like, cred, like get this guy's credentials. So I so well, who, you know, where's your office? He says, well, if you go around the back, go up the steps on the top floors of the, of the, of the gym, He's where my office is. Oh, so you part of this gym? He says, no, I own the gym. I said, you own Gold's Gym in Venice? He says, oh, no, no, no. My name's Ed Connors. I'm one of the three owners of Gold's Gym Enterprises. The franchise. You know who that is, right? Oh, yeah, I know who that is. I drop the weight immediately and say, my workout's over, Ed. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to jump on the opportunities, man. (laughs) I didn't even, I dropped, I was doing, I'll never forget, I was doing lap pull-downs. I let go of the bar. And said, let's go, right? We go upstairs. He makes me take all my clothes off, you know, strip down to my underwear. And I'm looking at my buddy Joe going, oh, boy, this is either going to turn out really good or really bad. Right. Long story short, he offered me, you know, again, the details, I don't think he would be appreciate me disclosing. But they offered me a sponsorship okay. that would last the next three years in which I would have a place to live. I would have, you know, money in my pocket. And all I had to do was promote the gym. It was probably one of the defining moments of my life, and to this day, Ed and I are very close, and he has like been like a second father to me. That's awesome. Um, and he is the one who facilitated a lot of the, the fame that I got, um, a lot of the magazine coverage I got, and to this day, I just am in debt to him emotionally because he's he's like a he's like a father to me. Man. So I've heard I've heard he's a great guy, by the way. So you you, know. that, that doesn't even come close to, and there's no agenda with him. Right. No agenda, except for to help people reach their dreams. 
period. He's helped wrestlers, and I know if you know this, he's helped wrestlers, he's helped bodybuilders, yeah. he's helped actors. He's one of those people that, 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 and because of him, I'm able to tell this story that, that I have that took me around the world. Literally, I end up competing and getting better and, and getting, and placing higher and getting magazine coverage and getting sponsors. And I mean, I, you know, I competed in Mr. Universe in England and the Mr. and the World Championships in, in, in Greece. And I won the Mr. North America and the Mr. International. And I mean, it took me all over the world. Literally, I've been to every, you name it. I've been there. But I like the fact that you don't forget what got you to where you are, and that makes you who you are. And I think you're a great guy, Jack. So, I mean, you I appreciate remembering it. what people did way back when today is, is a You know, I've thing. always been one of these people yeah. that just, I believe in myself, I believe in my convictions, and I don't really believe in, 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 in limitations. And there's a sport that I'm involved in now that we'll, we'll talk about later, but that, that, that you really need to let go of your limitations as well. But I also don't forget that I'm no better than or different than anybody except for the fact that I'm willing to take that chance. I'm willing to work. I will outwork you, outlast you, outlift you, outdiet you. I remember I used to diet for six weeks. I heard everybody was dieting for eight, so I started dieting for 10. Then I heard everyone was dieting for 10, so I started doing it 12. Then all of a sudden, I, all I knew I was dieting six months out of the year. <laughs> because I figured, well, if you're dieting 12 weeks, I'm going to die at 14 weeks, and I'm going to be more shredded than you, and I'm going to win. You're not going to beat me ever. Just not going to happen. I'm just going to, you know, I'm never going to show up where I'm not ready. I'm never going to let that happen. That's passion. I never lost a powerlifting meet. I never took a second, ever. So, but it doesn't make me any different than anybody else except for I'm willing to to try. I mean, if you, you know, it's like they say, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't either way. You're probably right. Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it. You know, but for those that are out there that are involved in, or just getting involved in powerlifting, bodybuilding, any type of sport, anything in their lives, you know, uh, listening to your story, you know, if you want something that badly, you're going to do what you need to do to get there. And that's what you did. Exactly. And the most important part, I always, I always try to mentor people. I have people email me and, and PM me on Facebook, thousands and thousands of people. And I always tell everyone the same thing, which is know where you want to work. Visualize and know where you want to be, and you'll get there. Just don't tell yourself why you can't. Find reasons why you can. You will get there. It's just a matter of how bad you want to get there. If I did it, I, I used to look at Samir's picture, and I used to idolize Samir Banu. But I also used to say, well, you know what? If he can, if he can get a Christmas tree like that, guess what? I can get a Christmas tree like that. And I never thought, well, if I can't do that. I, I used to think, he's great. I would never be envious, but I would say, I can do that. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I've always, always in my life, no matter what goal it was, I've always reached that goal. I've, I've never come, I've never quit or given up. And believe me, there's been plenty of obstacles, just as anybody else, that you know, people and family members and, and, and spouses who, who didn't want me to do what I was doing, who thought I was crazy to do what I was doing, but I always start, stuck firm to my beliefs. And, and you know that saying, stay true to yourself. It's kind of hokey, but it's really true. No, it's very you true. Stay true to yourself and what you want to do for you. Not to impress other people. Not to be famous. Not to be rich. But because it's something that you need to do for yourself. You'll get there. Just a matter of when. Not if. Right. Right. And I, I, I agree with that 100%. A lot of people, they tend to give up before they even start to fight. You know, uh, I mean... 
having the fight to, to go in and reach for your dreams and having that drive to, to reach for the moon. Maybe if you don't make it to the moon, you'll fall on a star. But you know what? You'll get somewhere, and you may get exactly. closer than you think. But you have to give it a shot, no doubt about it. And for I you, made it all the way to the United Champions. Yeah. I didn't win the United Champions, but I... But, you, but, but, but you got. But the thing is, with you, after you took that break, you came out. I mean, for all intents and purposes, like a phoenix, you emerged even better than you were before. Yeah. Well, what happened was I had retired again. <laughs> I had retired again in 1998, um, and and left it alone till about 2003. Mm -hmm. um, then again, emerged like you said, better than ever. Uh, requalifying in 2004 at the Pennsylvania, uh, requalifying re, re at the Delaware, moving my way up, and then in 2006, I'm sorry, 2000, the end of 2005, I got a phone call from Wayne DeMilla, who was the former president of the IFPB, who had left the IFPB to start the PDI. Mm -hmm. And 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 the PDI is a pro division. The pro division incorporated, okay. and 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 basically what happened was Wayne said to me, "Look, Jack, if you want, you know, he didn't agree with the IFPB. I had not qualified in the IFPB's eyes yet to become the pro. I was getting ready to do that to requalify." He said, according, you know, in 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 Wayne's eyes, he felt that I had paid my dues, that I had already already um, proven my worth, um, and said, "I'm willing to grant you a professional um, status." right now so you get a pro card with the pro division immediately okay and at the end of that conversation we basically you know agreed that and I had, was the first person to actually come aboard Wayne and I became very close after that and I helped Wayne not only from as an athlete but I became the athlete, athlete's representative and I was the one who worked with him helping him bring other athletes over and and I still am very close to with him he's trying to promote um couple bowl games and some other stuff that he's doing and I always work because I'm a financial guy I kind of helped him from that perspective as an advisor on, on in money you know m money issues and so forth and and advertising issues and what to do and, and, and what's the best you know way to handle certain things right. and we got a lot of great guys to come aboard the PEI um, unfortunately after after that year had gone it was a very successful year we had the, we had the United Champions in which Lee Priest won we had the British Night of Champions, and then we had the, the European Grand Prix and, and several shows involved in that. The second year, Wayne, who had already um, had cancer, um, kind of reemerged for him, and he got very sick. Okay. He asked me, he literally called me and asked me to promote the Night of Champions. And I mean, I just, I couldn't do it with my job. I'm a, uh, I, you know, I have a really um, it's a lot of work intense to promote job, you know, yeah. with Siemens Financial helping um, with their industrial finance division and so I couldn't do it so as of right now it, it was put on hold now the European shows continue um, I have not competed again just because I've been doing some other things and following some other projects as well and I'm also involved in another sport that I want to talk about too yeah. but um, so that's kind of where it where it's at I mean I was able to and I, I like your I like your analogy of me rising like a phoenix because there were so many people along the way who always said, you know, Jack, you're not good enough. You know, you're not big enough. You're not, you're too big. You're too small. You're too fat. You're too skinny. Mm -hmm. You're too bald. You're too much hair. Yeah. Whatever it was, my arms are too big. My arms are too small. My legs are too big. My legs are too, everybody had a comment. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's the negativity that flows. Uh, that's the negativity that flows to a lot of people, and which amazes me. I guess that's and what, yet yeah. there was just as much positive energy that came from my fan base as well. That's great. So I was able to, you know, focus on that and and really, you know, prove the people that the naysayers wrong. But but I got to tell you, it's not why I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it for me. And. Uh, those same naysayers are very good friends of mine now. You know, they're the same people who come to me and ask me for advice now. I, I believe that. I think a lot of times when you get negativity from the people closest to you, it's not because they're trying to knock you down, is it? Because they don't understand. Or they, or they were afraid of reaching their dreams, reaching out for their dreams during their lifetime. You know, I guess that's why I, I got to figure probably about 98% of the people on the planet are followers and you have the other 2% which are leaders and you're a leader because you 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 have it in you to reach out for what you want no matter what obstacles are in front of you it's just an obstacle you're looking beyond the brick so it's just a little thing for you to get by as you achieve your goals and you've done that time and time again yeah I mean it's just like I said it's 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 just a state of mind I mean I I'm involved in in uh all my life, I've also been a, a, a an avid skier, snow skier. Okay. And uh, I'm involved in what we, what is now called what they call extreme skiing, which is what I call big mountain skiing, where you go up in a helicopter and they land you on a peak that's uncharted and unmaintained, and you're on your own. Yeah, that's to, something that I won't be doing, by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> So I am, uh, you know, that is my passion. I mean, bodybuilding is my passion too. I've always been, but I've always been very, very passionate skier as well. I also race um, slalom on, I wouldn't say professional. I would say if you called it anything, it'd be Mm semi-professional, amateur racing. But my big love is the big mountain skiing where, you know, like I said, uh, last year I went to Whistler Camp, British Columbia, where not only did I get to ski the men's downhill and mm-hmm. GS runs, giant slalom runs for the Olympics this year, okay. but I also got to go helicopter skiing in the, in the British Coast Range Mountains, British Columbia. And you don't know what it's like to get up, to, you go up 12, 15,000 feet and this helicopter drops you off and you're there by yourself at this peak looking over the world and you, you feel so small and you're so scared and you so, you start questioning, you know, what am I doing? Like, like, you know, did I make a mistake? Did I, you know, can I do this? And then that's, you know, that's the time that you say to yourself, okay, I can do this. This is, this is what I'm here for. This is, and you take that first turn. And once you take that first turn, it's like a dream and you're going 40 miles an hour and you're, wow. and a lot of people think I'm crazy because I do this. Um, it's liberating actually. I can, it's I can very see liberating. It. I can see that. Um, so, that's what I'm doing this winter, and then and then I'll be going to Utah, and I'm going to Chile in, in August of, of next year. But I'm also going to start. I think I'm going to start training uh, in March to really get ready for something in the following fall okay. to compete again. Um, I'm tossing around where and when and how, but whether it's the World Championships or or or, or a PEI Pro Show or requalifying the IFPB, I don't know exactly yet. Um, this year I got to about 290 and I was pretty tight. I was, I was put a 36 inch waist. I was 290 with abs. Wow. So, um, trim, I'm trimming down right now just for my skiing, but usually I blow back right back up as soon as I start eating and training hard. Um, taking the time off has really given me some longevity. 
and I'm and I'm currently in negotiations right now with several supplement companies that want me to be their athlete. Um, just not sure where I'm at with that. Um, as we talked about with sponsorship, I'm, I'm, you know, it has to be the right sponsorship in the right way for me. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Because otherwise, you know, if it's the wrong situation, even though a lot of, even if, whether it's music, whatever it's, you know you're involved with, if you align yourself with the wrong product, then you know, of course, you're getting paid. But then again, you know, something goes, you know, it doesn't align with how you are as an individual. Uh, you know, it kind of takes away from you because when you promote something. It's like saying, yeah, I would use this as well. And you're, you're loyal or being true to your fans. And exactly. people that follow exactly. you. And, and, and you have to just be aware of, of, of that you're representing a company. And you wanna, I want to make sure that the company is the right company for me and, and the situation is the right situation. But uh, um, So that's, that's my story. And, and, and I, think, I think what I want, if anybody gets anything from any of this, I want people to understand that what my mother used to say. And she used to say, Jackie, she used to call me Jackie. She used to say, Jackie. She's the only one that do... could. <laughs> exactly. She said, <laughs> she said, Jackie, you could do anything you set your mind to. I know that about you. And you know, she was right, but it's true for anybody. Yeah. If you really want to do something, don't let anybody stop you. Don't let anybody get in your way. Yeah. And whatever you do, please go after your dreams because when, when the time comes... I know that I want to be able to look back on my life and say, you know, I did that. I did that. Yeah, and uh, I don't regret anything I've done. That's and, huge. Um, I mean, that that is huge. And I'm glad that you said that because our listeners, you know, again, and I'm, I'm going to sound redundant a little bit, um, I guess a lot of people, they they, they, they have dreams. They, they have, you know, something etched out in their lives from, from the time they're young. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. But life gets in the way, and they tend to forget about it. Then when they don't achieve what they need to achieve in life, they're robbing themselves. But what happens a lot of times is that they, uh, I guess, they become poisonous to the people around them that are trying to achieve something. They stay, they'll say, well, you know, you really can't do that. It's a pipe dream. You can't do it. You know, I remember me being... Uh, you know, involved in finance as well. You know, when I, you know, when I was younger, uh, people told me, "Hey, you can't be a broker. You can't go do this. You can't right. go do that." I was walking around with holes in my shoes. Right. But you know something? I I, yeah, I, I got yeah. through it. I made it. You know, right. but you have to want it to do it. Right. For it to happen, yeah. and, and you've done that. Uh, it don't matter how bad you want something. Yeah. I mean, I had a friend. I had somebody just come up to me last week, and, and he says, he's a gentleman about my age, and. He works. He works. In fact, he works in finance too, just by chance at J.P. Morgan, okay. and he wants to compete. And he says, "Jack, I want to compete. I want you to help me." So of course, I always, always try to help anybody. Anybody that knows me knows that. So he sits down. We start talking. He says, "Well, you know, I got, I got this christening to go to, and I'm going to eat at this wedding." And he goes, "What do I do about that?" And I just looked at him. I said, "What do you mean? What do you do about that? There is no Chris eating at the christening. There is no eating at the wedding." And my wife, my wife, I'm married. My wife Debbie is sitting next to me, and she said, looks at, looks at him and goes, and, and and this gentleman Carmine looks at my wife and says, what is he talking about? And she says, you don't understand. When Jack decides to do something, that's the end of it. There is nothing. He forgets about everything else. That's it. You know, that's just it's called tunnel vision. Yeah. And I said to him, you can't if you're going to sit there and think about all the reasons, all the problems you're going to have competing all the things that are going to get in the way, well, you're not ready to compete. Yeah. 
Right. And I got up and walked away from him because he's not ready. When you're ready, you got to commit to it and you've got to go for what you want. And that's the difference between winners and losers. That's the difference between, it's like I have on my Facebook status today, you know, going that extra round, as Rocky always said, going that extra round when all you want to do is quit. That's what makes all the difference in your life. Oh, well, without a doubt, it's that intestinal fortitude that, that comes to to a head when you are like you're climbing that mountain and you your legs are shaking, you can't go another step. And you start going that other step. You start, you know, even like when you uh, powerlifting or bodybuilding, and you're squatting, and the lactic acid starts building up in your legs, and you're squatting. You're like, well, I can't do another. Then all of a sudden, you do that next one. Then you're popping out three more. It's, it's like I love Rocky. You know? I, and my wife laughs at me because I I watch Rocky movies all the time. And the reason why I love Rocky is, is because he never gives up. Right. He never ever gives up. I love the character. I identify with the character. He's from Philadelphia, much like me. But he never gives up. No matter what happens, the guy never gives up. He keeps coming back for more. He keeps trying. He keeps trying. Even in the movies, like in Rocky Three, where he loses, he's not, he doesn't give up. He wants to. Mm-hmm. But then he, he finds himself and he says, you know what? This is my. This is where I need to be. This is what I need to get to. And this is where I'm going. And he, and he does get there with, with the help of his friends, of course. But... Yeah. No matter what, he keeps going. Mm-hmm. He keeps his head, keeps moving forward. Keeps yeah, he, keeps, he keeps fighting and he keeps going. And you know, right. he'll take the punches, he'll t- he'll take the hits, and he right. kept going. But if you if you have that view in life like you do, um, and you're taking the blows and you're pushing yourself forward, you know, there's no way you can fail because you're not allowing yourself to fail. When you allow there is yourself, no failure. it's just opportunities and movement. You just yeah. you end up going one direction, and opportunity sends you in another direction. I got laid off from a job one time and thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I remember my mom saying, what do you mean, what are you going to do? You're going to do whatever you want to do, just like you always done. So figure out what you want to do and go do it. See, and that's exactly what I did see, no, and no, ended up in a better place. See, no one can, can throw you on the right path like mama. I mean, I, I mean. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I, I, my mother's always been, you know, my biggest fan and she, uh, she's always been, you know, my biggest believer. And she's, she's also seen me do some, you know, pretty crazy things, too. So she has a lot of, uh, I don't know if the word's respect for me, but she, she believes in, in my abilities. Yeah, she she and, believes uh, in her son. She believes in what, what you have, and the you know, she knows what you're made of. And that's what it comes down to. She knows that you can go and do anything you want to do. Even at this point, you can do anything you want to do. You can go, you know, uh, you, you can probably you know, make it all the way to the Olympia if you wanted to, if you go on the IFBB route. Anything right. you want to put your mind to, you can do. And I and I, I get that vibe, and I, I know that. Um, same thing with your business, everything else. You know, you're, you're doing the, the skiing thing. Um, and, and we're going to talk about that, if we can, just revisit that for a second. Because I want to would know, love to. I want to know a little bit more about that. But even with that, you're going to take that to where you want to take it to, and it all comes down to the the want. And, yeah. And, and I actually have a place that I, I already know where I want to be with that too. Believe it or not, well, then I, you, I already gonna, have a whole path. Then you're going to you're going to tell us if you want to you know you can share with us what you want to sh- what you can share with us with that because I think. You know, like a lot of people that are listening to this interview, this is not just about uh, a bodybuilding. It's about a journey, okay? Right. It's about a journey of, of a young right. kid, you know, a young, right. you know, heavy kid wanting to get himself into shape and building up and, and, and going, uh, having different chapters in your life, 
Okay, exactly. closing the chapter, moving forward, closing the chapter, moving forward, accomplishing things as you're going along. And you, and if you if you think about it, the only time that you actually think about everything as a whole is, let's say, on, you know, we're having an interview like this, or if you're you have somebody's asking you a whole bunch of questions, but normally you don't think about everything you accomplish. You think about what you need to accomplish, what you want to accomplish. Right. And and that that's exactly. great. So let's uh, let's talk about the skiing a little bit, and. Um, uh, t tell me more about that stuff. I think that's. Well, you've never seen anything until you've seen a 250, 260 pound guy coming down the slope at 50 miles an hour. That's sure. always a, it's always an interesting sight for people to to get. It's very confusing for them. Um, I, I'm, confusing I'm, I'm, that I'm, if they're if they're anywhere near you, they're, they're hugging onto a tree. Forget about well, that. You know, I have a I have a friend who's on faith. My friend Coley, and he skis with me all the time, and he always says, "Jack, watching you ski is." It's it's a confusing um, it's a confusing thing, but it's it's a beautiful thing because you know I'm, I'm an accomplished skier. I've skied a long time, and uh, my my I'm lucky because it, I'm very agile at my size. I'm able to dunk a basketball from a standing position. I have a very high vertical jump, oh, wow. and I'm and I'm quite agile for my size. I don't know why, I just am just an athletic person. So I'm able to use my strengths. In my, you know, towards, in, in, you know, to, to my benefit on skis and skiing, of course, is involves mostly your quads. And if you've ever seen my quads, um, I'm able to really um, do a lot on skis. Um, so, I mean, I've been skiing since I was uh, eight. Okay. And um, I, uh, I have a passion for it. Not so much about competing against other people, because there are plenty of people who are better than me. Um, it, it's really about me in the mountain and doing what I want to do and taking taking the risks and, and, and going way beyond the envelope, pushing way beyond the envelope that I can do. Um, and what I've, what I'm doing now is I, I raced in a couple races last winter, just joking around and won mm -hmm. and was noticed by some people. So I got involved in, in, in what's called NASTAR, which is like an amateur racing uh, program. But the other thing I do really is really on my own, which is the big mountain skiing. Um, I was lucky enough to meet some people on Facebook who are professional skiers, mm -hmm. people like Seth Morrison, Chris Anthony, who are, who are real idols of mine who I watch. In fact, as I'm sitting here doing this interview, I'm watching a movie called Storm by Warren Miller, okay. and, and I'm watching um, Seth Morrison ski right now down an Alaskan uh, peak. So what I'm going to be doing this year is, um, among my other private um, excursions, I'm going to be going to Portillo, Chile mm -hmm. in August to ski with Chris Anthony and some other big-time professional skiers in the Andes Mountains, the mm. opposite season there. Wow. Um, and what I'm hoping to do, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, I don't know if it's going to happen this year, is I really want to break into being filmed by one of these um, filmmakers like Warren Miller who would love to get into an extreme skiing movie. Mm. Most of these people who are going to be there are in these movies, and usually Warren Miller himself starts his his um, filming in Portillo okay. um, in August at that camp. It's called a Steep and Deep Camp. So that's kind of my goal for this year is to I'm going to be um, traveling the, the world this year skiing. Um, I'm going to be going to Utah and Canada again, and um, be going helicopter skiing there as well, and then Chile, and then next year to I'm going to be going to Chamonix, France, which is Probably the most dangerous skiing in the world. Um, Fifty degree slopes. Wow. Uh, there's no there's no lawsuit rules. No law. There's no liabilities in Europe. So the the 
the places you can ski are limitless. There's a place called the Aguina de Mi, which is, you know, infamous for killing people, literally. And I'm going to be going there. And, and, well, of course you're going to go there. Of course. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not, right? Of course, that's the first place i got to go. Yeah, right. right. Um, and it's really, and again, it's, my skiing is spiritual. I mean, I don't want to sound corny. It's so spiritual to me. It's, it's, it's developed into this journey, like you say. Mm -hmm. It's developed into this new chapter of my life where I want to go and I want to do these things. I want to, I'm going to tell you right now what I'm going to do for my 50th birthday. Mm -hmm. And I've already found a group, a place that will train me and get me ready. I want to climb Mount Everest and ski it. And I'm going to do it. I already found out, found the group and got a price and got it all set up. And I need to, in about two years, I'm going to start training for it. I need to train for about two years for it. Wow. But I'm going to climb Mount Everest for my 50th birthday and I'm going to ski it. You know something? I don't doubt you. I don't doubt, <laughs> I really don't doubt you. I mean, because that, that is historic. That would be historic, no doubt about it. Well, other people have done it. There's been some people that have done it. There's some people that have died doing it. And, you know, just like anything else, there haven't been a lot of people, though. And I want to be able... I have a 10-year-old daughter. Her name is Brooke. Oh. And I want Brooke to learn from me, too. I want her to see me. You know, she's my biggest fan. She of thinks course. I'm, you know... Actually, you're her biggest fan. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, and she's... We, you know, I just got her skiing, and she just thinks I'm, of course, you know the end all of everything That's great. but uh, I want to be able to say to her kids you know I want to be able to sit back and say you know I did that you know I was there no. yeah I, yeah I did that now you know how they always have the, the lie I always laugh you know the lie detector test the first question they ask you is to, to baseline your lying is have you ever climbed Mount Everest you're supposed to say yes mm -hmm. and then it shows that you're lying well I want to be able to do that but really be telling the truth all right and they'll say well what's wrong with this guy oh, yeah, exactly read his book <laughs> right, right. You know, because your your right. life should be in a book, everything you've done. But you know, you're not done yet, so you may have no, to have you may have to have part one, part two, part three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're way too nice to me. I'm just trying to live my life, live the dream, and you know, I'm I'm again, it's a journey, like you said. I mean, I couldn't put it any better. And this chapter now is about is about finding, you know, pushing myself as far as I can without killing myself. Right. And it seems every winter I go a little further, a little further. Last year we went to, you know, Canada. We went to British Columbia. Like I said, we went to Wyoming, Jackson Hole. And we skied some stuff that, you know, you jump off 25-foot cliffs. And my buddy broke his leg and almost killed himself. And, and every year we push we push it a little harder and a little faster. And, and, and you know, it, it's 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 an addiction. And it's, a, it's, it's so spiritual when you're going down the mountain mm -hmm. and when you're out in the mountains that it, it, it's just like nothing else in the world. And uh, you know, all part of all part of the journey, I guess. Well, you know, I, I see that, like you say, it's spiritual. I see that as you living life. You know, I had I sent out a message uh, a few days ago. You know, we're born to live life, not born to just to do all this other stuff and start living life at fifty. You know, we're born to achieve great things, and you seem to understand this because you're doing it with everything that you're touching you, you want to be the best at what you do and be the best that you can be in what you do so yeah I, I, I do understand that not that I'm getting on top of a mountain I'm not climbing Mount Everest I'm not doing all that stuff you know because <laughs> the, only, the only reading you'll have about me is man dies on uh, 
uh, 50 feet up, going up Mount Everest, I think. <laughs> There's an extreme, a French extreme skier, and I, I can't remember his name, but I was watching a documentary, and he said, you know, when he, and he was saying a very heavy French accent, he says, you know, you do this stuff, you risk your life. He said, but you come so close to that that you get an emotion that you that you need to have to make your life fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who can do it, and there are some people that, that do it mm-hmm. in other ways. For me, this is the way that I, you know, I come to fulfill my life emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not on a death wish, you know. I don't. I'm not mm-hmm. looking to do stupid things, but I am looking to set, to, to to be able to experience everything I can, um, yeah. and with people too. I mean, you know, I do a lot of trips. Mm-hmm. I ski about. Right now, I'm lucky enough to ski about 40 days a year. Oh, that's good. Um, once my daughter goes to college, I want to move to Colorado so I can ski 150 days a year. But I get to, you know, I try as much as I can to spend time with my friends doing it too. And it's not always extreme skiing. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's resort skiing. Most of the times it's resort skiing on, you know, regular slopes that, you know, seem fairly easy for me. Mm-hmm. But it's the, you know, it's the, again, it's the time, it's the, it's the relationships, mm-hmm. and it's the relationship with the outdoors and the mountains that really matters to me. Right. To, to, to fulfill me so you know something jack you know and i'm, I'm gonna take a quote from the philosophy of uh bruce lee there's something that he said um you know when he was you know, tr- you know training and getting himself and he was getting himself together and learning everything and teaching other people and what he said in order to be a good fighter or, or a good warrior you have to you be have a good to, healer you, no but you have to know you have to embrace death for you to be able to do that, you have to embrace your mortality in order to achieve greatness. And I understand that because if you don't, like if you're in a fight and you don't know what it is to get hit, that first time yeah. you get hit is a shock. But, <laughs> right, right. But, but, but if you know how to get hit, then you're always like, okay, well, can, uh, can, can we have another? And have right. another, and and just keep getting hit, just like you said, the Rocky movie. Same thing. Keep hitting me. Keep hit, keep punching me in the head. I'll keep coming at you, coming at you, coming at you like a bull, like a rhino, whatever you want right. to call it, and just keep coming. No, it's it's per- It's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. You're, you're right on target. In fact, I wanted to tell you too that, yeah. uh, not, and I'm not, in, you know, it's not something that I'm, I'm, it's not my forte. But two days a week, I do train MMA, um, mostly just kickboxing and boxing. Um, not too much tie or anything like that, but I go to a gym um, down here in Delaware that, that and, and the, you know, the owner knows why I'm there. And, you know, I spar a little bit, but not a lot. But I'm actually pretty good at it. I can hit pretty hard. I've learned how to use my body and my weight. And my, you know, my right, my 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 left hook is pretty good because I can get my weight in it. And I turn. Now you're scaring me because good thing I'm retired. <laughs> Well, one guy, I was sparring with this guy from Poland, just messing around, not nothing like you do, believe me. We're right. just bo- he's a boxer, right. and we were hitting each other. And he says, he says, Jack, you should fight. He said, you, the fight wouldn't be long. You <laughs> <He laughs> wouldn't have to get into condition. He says you would punch somebody twice, you hit somebody twice, and you know a good three time, three punch combination, and it would be over. But I, you know, I'm really doing that for conditioning for my skiing. Right. Um, it really works. You know, I I would tell anybody to do that because it really works your core. Working with the medicine ball and, and even working the bag really works your core a lot, and uh, so that's really helped me a lot with my conditioning. Well, you know, I think your story is amazing, um, okay. and I, I really hope that everyone that is hearing this that they do get the message 
and the message is if you have a dream go for it yeah. be inspired live your life don't sit there and sit on a couch watching TV and at 50 60 looking in the mirror saying wow what happened to you right you know you have your, your underwear falling down your t-shirts all rotted and you're wondering what happened to you and you see some young kid running away with your dream and I, I think that's the hardest thing to suck up as you get older to see someone else do what yeah. you were afraid to do but as you said, yep, and I have, you know, I have a relative who's like that, and and I think having that relative, and I don't want to, I don't even want to mention who it is, but no. it, seeing that relative live their life like that, I think is part of what has um, inspired me to, to to be the way I am, and 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 to, and to, and I, my, my mother, my mother and I just had a conversation literally yesterday about it, about living and 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 doing all the things you, you know, and she thinks it's great, so. Absolutely, I think I would. I would, and I would also encourage anybody who who needs any kind of help to please feel free to contact me through email or through the through the Facebook because I'm always always want to try to help people because my learning process was you know uh, trial and error, and I always tell people don't do try don't 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 live your life trying. Find the people in that whatever world you're you're in. Like I'm just in the skiing, so I went out and tried to find Seth Morrison or Chris Anthony, the people who I look up to. Those people should find the people that they look up to that, that know bodybuilding or boxing or skiing or whatever, and look to those people. Look to me, people like me, to help mm -hmm. and to guide you. Because if we don't, then we really miss the boat. Because yeah. that's the most important thing. Well, you have it's to. Not only to do it, but to be the example for the other people to say, you know what? Come on. Come on, follow me, follow me into this. Let's go together. That, that is so awesome. I always tell people that, you know, and I try not to sound too hokey about it, but you know, I always, always, I always answer every email, and I'm gonna tell you a lot of it. Every email, every message, I, I answer everything personally. So if anybody wants to ask me even the dumbest question, it's fine. Yeah, but you know something that that's the pay it forward method. You know, bo the bottom line is someone did that for you and you are doing it for others, you're willing to do it for others. A lot of people, and, and it's interesting, I, I hear this, that some people think, all right, well, you have uh, someone that uh, is well-known, been on uh, a zillion magazine covers, TV, this, that, beep, beep, pop, pop, and uh, they're, they're unapproachable. But that's, that's the furthest thing from the truth, because you are approachable. And, and yeah, I've always, I've always made sure. Yeah. That like and you, you touched on it early was not only do I know where I'm going, but I know where I came from, and I and and never do I ever think, you know that, and I know a lot of people in, in you know in this in, in in the industry as far as celebrities and pro bodybuilders, but actors as well, and not everybody's like that, and I think it's important that mm -hmm. the bigger and the better you get, I don't mean bigger size, I just mean in life. the bigger you get in life, right. the more approachable you should be because. Right. That affects people very significantly when you are approachable. Mm -hmm. When some, because most people do expect you not to be. When you are, that can really inspire somebody to do something that they wouldn't normally do. Right, and on the same token, by not being approachable, can also do the opposite and and make them and hinder them from from trying something that they would normally try. Yeah. And so, you have to, you know, it's important for someone like me to stay grounded and to say. I'm just another guy because I am just another guy. I look at other people and think, wow. I look at a Seth Morrison and think, wow, I want to be like that. That guy is just like, I mean, I think he's just unbelievable, some of the stuff he does. And if you have a chance, Google him. 
Yeah. But, you know, or, or even Jay Cutler, who's a very good friend of mine. I talk to him three times a week, either by text or phone, and I still look at Jay in awe and say, wow, man, yeah. how incredible is he, you know? And he looks at me and goes, dude, you know, you're plenty big yourself. You know, you laugh at me. But I think, wow, you know, I don't put myself in any special category. I'm just another guy trying to have a, you know. You know what's awesome? I think everybody needs to stay like that. It's important, especially in bodybuilding. Because, and I always tell bodybuilders this. I say, you know, we're already a small enough group and we're already ostracized. Shouldn't we be looking out for each other? You know, we have enough people already after us. Shouldn't we be looking out for each other? And some people get it, some people don't. But. Well, you know what? You kept you keep yourself humble, and I think that's that's great because, you know, all that's going to happen is that you know you're going to have more positive things coming your way, and again, this your your journey is nowhere near over. Um, again, the skiing thing, I think it's incredible. Not that I'm doing it, but you know, it's incredible. Actually, I probably would do it, uh, but I, I think I need training wheels. <laughs> hey, whenever you're ready, let me know. Well, you're in New York, right? Yeah. I'll take you to Hunter Mountain. That's where I learned. All right, brother. We'll go do we'll that. We'll go, and we'll, I'll take you down. I'll teach you. We'll, just, we'll start slow. Yeah, I would love that. The, the bunny slope, and then we have the ambulance. Bunny, <laughs> bunny, you know what's great about the bunny slope? There's oh. a lot of bunnies on it. There you go. <laughs> Hop around. <laughs> oh, my God. Jack, you, you're, look, you, you have a great story. You're a great guy. And, again, uh, anyone that's listening, uh, you go to Facebook, uh, look up Jack London, and he'll, you know, if you have, you want to be inspired, talk to this man. He is Mr. Inspiration. Um, he has accomplished a lot of things in his life, not because he wanted to show off, but because that's what he wanted to do. He has drive, and examples like this is what the young kids need. If they, if, if these young kids are out there, that anyone that is listening to this, you want inspiration, People like Jack London. He, I mean, what he's done is is show you that you don't, you can achieve anything if you want it that badly. Okay, just don't let anyone tell you no. No doesn't exist. Make it a yes. Right. Make it happen, and that's it. And that's what it's all about. Jack, it was great having you on the show. Uh, your journey, as I said, is amazing. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you reaching out to me and inviting me today. And it's a real privilege to be on the program, and, and just just the fact that anybody's interested is, is is very makes me very happy to be able to share my experience with you and everybody else. Well, you I, you impressed me I'm, today, uh, my friend. You impressed me with everything you've done and how your demeanor is and how humble you are, and it's people like you that that give a good example, as I said, to the kids, and that to me is important because you hold your daughter in the highest regard, but you but you said that what you're trying to do for her is, yeah, you're doing it for her, but you know what, if people hear that, they're like, wow, maybe I want to do that for my kid, instead of, you know, kids being abused and this and that, maybe, yeah. you know, the, the, the elders, the, the old, the, the, the parents, whatever, they go and they can go and sh even, even if you're not the parent, you know, there's a boys club or something or something out there and you can inspire these kids go in there show them something right. make them you know aspire to be greater than what they are because we're all born to be great and I think that right. it's just about achieving it and that's about it uh, Jack again thanks again you're the best and I hope to have you on the show again when you're Anytime. doing when you're doing your skiing you want me stuff on the show, I'll be more than happy to come on yeah when, well, when you when you climb Mount Everest I think I just <laughs> may be there for that I swear to God I'll go there support you uh, you know I'll I'm gonna do it. I, yeah, I'm but I'm gonna, gonna hang out down down I'm not going up <laughs> 
Well, you know, it's uh, the skiing down's easy for me. It's the climbing up that I got to need to work on. Yeah. I tell you what would be great was um, I have a uh, I have a big um, ski trip in uh, March first is actually the day I I fly up. Mm-hmm. on a helicopter and come down and maybe we'll do an interview when I come back from that and we'll have pictures. Oh, awesome. I'll take some pictures and have that for you and we can talk about that experience Most because definitely. that's going to be uh, pretty intense um, pretty intense stuff. It's going to be a, a life-changing experience for me again and uh, I would love to share that with you. You know what? You're more than welcome here. You have uh, an open invitation on UC on the UCW radio show without a doubt. Great. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> What is your major motherfucking? All let it be written. All let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.